There's joy in the house of the Lord. Amen. Joy in the house of the Lord. We are so thankful for our good God. Father God, we love you. We love you. We love you. We thank you for what you did for us, but we're also thankful for what you put in us. You put the joy of the Lord in us. And, and who are we to bottle it up? We all just pour it out. We all just shake it out. Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to pour your joy in as we pour your joy out. And may we splash all over others. And when they ask why we so goofy happy, we just tell them we got the joy of the Lord. Thank you, Father. You are so good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good to see you this morning. Are you glad to be here? Well, that sounds a little better. Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you, I choose to be joyful. It's a good choice. I mean, we, and it is your choice, by the way. Like that, that little old lady, she was down to two teeth. But she was rejoicing because they hit. Amen. <laughs> we, we, we got reasons to be joyful. Uh, the verse of Scripture that uh, I know is so fitting for these two sermons that I'm preaching on joy is Psalm 14:11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen. You don't have to look, go looking into this world for pleasures. All that the world has, those pleasures are promised, but once that short-lived passing pleasure is gone, you will find so did your joy. It went too. But the joy is in the presence of the Lord. Fullness of joy. Well, uh, and I'm going to keep using this, Brother Dean's vacation advice. The vacation starts when you get in the vessel. Amen. <laughs> when you get in the vehicle, the vacation starts. Don't wait to enjoy your journey. When you get in the vehicle, the vacation starts. I was just visiting with my mom this morning. She was in the first service, and she's about to go on a road trip. And, uh, and, and, and they now have a, a camper van. And my cousin, my sister, they all going on a little road trip with Mama. I said, Mama, you remember when we used to go on road trips and y'all had that Folgers can in the back? <laughs> Somebody had to go to the restroom, you had to use the Folgers can. Like, that is sick. That's nasty. I don't but, but the mentality was we got to get to uh, the vacation spot. We got to get to our destination because that's when the vacation begins. When we get to the destination, no, the vacation starts when you get in a vehicle. And joy should have began when you came in Christ. Amen? When you, when you became a part of the family of God, if you didn't come into a joyful family, I don't know what kind of family you got in on because it ought to be joyful with the Lord. Amen? Here's another psalm, Psalm uh, 43 and verse 4. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. To God my exceeding joy. He ought to be your joy. Uh, the word rejoice is kind of lost. So in the scriptures, if you just take a concordance, like an exhaustive concordance, and, and, and your Bible has one at the back, a very brief concordance. And what a concordance does, it will tell you where that word is found in the scriptures. So you could go to the back of your Bible and look up joy, and you'll find a lot of good verses on it. But if you get into an exhaustive concordance, what I mean is like a book, like thick, big book, you'll find joy just over and over and over and over and over. But there are other words that are like that word joy, such as the word rejoice. The word rejoice has kind of lost its feeling. 
Kind of like, you know, that old song, it's lost its love and feeling. But it has lost its emotion when we say it because it's like we only say it in church or with Scripture. And because we make the connection, it has lost some of the emotion that that word should bring with it. But there's another word that you can, without harming the Scriptures at all, it would actually do them some good to use a word that we understand in our common everyday, today's language, and that is the word celebrate. Celebrate still brings some of that emotion with it, right? It's, it, it, it's, it's probably a better word in some of these passages of Scripture. And so I want to look in Luke chapter 15. In Luke chapter 15, this word celebrate shows up over and over and over again. Uh, it, actually, the word rejoice, but we're going to change it for celebrate. Because rejoice just sounds just, just so sanctimonious, you know, kind of like blessed are the poor in spirit. I, that's a wonderful word. We just lost the feeling to it. So I want to look in, in Luke 15, and, and I'm going to give you the setting of when these things happened. Jesus was uh, teaching, and in this congregation of those he was teaching, it says, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. Now I need you to see the two groups that are here when Jesus is teaching. Tax collectors and sinners. He, he, they lumped the tax collectors in with the sinners. And then you had another group of people, the Pharisees and the scribes. And so look at verse 1 again. Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to hear him, and the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So you have the, those who are needing God and those who thought they had him all wrapped up in a nice little neat package in a box. And those who were needing God were coming to Jesus, which was giving him, uh, I mean, this is what he came to do, to share the good news with them. And the, and the religious mafia was coming along and complaining of the fact that, look at all these sinful people. They're sinful people. They're, 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 it's like, I, I've, this is an actual true story of a church in which they started reaching a lot of lost kids. And these kids were coming off the streets and, 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 the, and the, the church was just loving on them. But there was some deacons in the church that were complaining because the kids' dirty feet, they didn't have shoes. The kids' dirty feet were soiling the carpet. I'm going to tell you, uh, it, it went real bad for those complainers. You know why? Because God takes it very, very serious. What you do to his church and what you do to his children. Takes it very serious. By the way, this is Go Blue Sunday. Uh, you might see a lot of blue around the house. And, and Go Blue Sunday is a day in which we remind ourselves uh, about uh, child abuse. And if you see something, say something. And uh, we're a church that takes this very serious. We, we, uh, we know what God has called us to do. God has called us to come alongside the family. And anything that comes against the family, we come against it. Amen. Y'all with me? So we come against abuse, abandonment, and abortion. We know that those things, and then obviously addiction. But uh, those things that, that, that hurt the family, we come against them. So uh, if you see something suspicious, remember, God loved, loved, loves children. I pointed this out last Sunday, that Jesus was a man of joy. And children, because he was a man of joy, children were wanting to climb up in his lap. And his disciples would come along and say, get the kids out of here. He's trying to do ministry. Get the kids out of here. And Jesus, uh, I think, you know, as we say, sometimes we think that he's always stern all the way through. I think on this point, he was stern. He said, leave them alone. 
Do not hinder them from coming to me. And so the joy of Jesus was just drawing the kids in. And you know what? When you find a church that's joyful, people are wanting to come to it. You, want, you, want, you find Christians who are joyful, they're attractive. People will know what you got. How would you get that? Why are you so goofy happy all the time? You've just gone through such tragic things in your life. How is it that you're still holding on to your joy? Well, joy isn't based on circumstances. Joy is based on a person, and his name is Jesus. And we study, I'm going to repeat some things that we said last week because you'll learn by repetition, such as if you're not enjoying your journey with Jesus, you're doing it wrong. Here's what William Barclay says. I know I'm going to get into that passage of Scripture in just a second. But here's what William Barclay, he was, a, he was a, a scholar and a theologian and a commentator. He says, we are chosen for joy. Everybody say Amen. However hard the Christian way, it is both in the traveling and in the goal, the way of joy. There is always a joy in doing the right thing. When we evade some duty or task, when, we, when at last we set our hand to it, joy comes to us. The Christian is the man or woman of joy. The Christian is the laughing cavalier of Christ. A gloomy Christian is a contradiction in terms. And nothing in all religion history, uh, now catch this, this is so good. Nothing in all religious history has done Christianity more harm than its connection with black clothes and long faces. <laughs> why, why is it that some churches you walk in and feel like a funeral every Sunday? Why is it so, they're just absent of joy? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know why so many Christians look like they've been baptized in pickle juice. I don't understand it. <laughs> We ought to be so joyful. And here in Luke 15, you probably heard this parable, these parables. When Jesus is there with the tax collectors and the sinners and the Pharisees and the scribes. And the Pharisees and scribes, the religious mafia were complaining about the tax collectors and sinners. Jesus does not respond to their complaint. He just gives them three parables. Let's look at them. So he spoke this parable, this is verse 3, spoke this parable to them saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost, finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, doing what? Rejoicing. And what's the other word we said? Celebrating. Jesus is referring to himself as the shepherd going to find the lost sheep. Has anybody in here ever been the lost sheep? Amen. And aren't you glad he found you? Amen. I know you thought you were looking for him, but actually he's the one that found you. No, the Bible says in, in, in Romans chapter 8, no one seeks after God, Romans 3. No one seeks after God. In other words, when you finally started seeking after God, what you should have come to the realization of is that he actually sought you first. And he put that in your heart to seek after him. And it's just kind of a reciprocation of, uh, of he sought you out. He was, you were like the lost sheep that wandered away and got yourself in trouble. And here comes the shepherd and he comes and rescues you. And, and then you respond to his rescuing hand. And then he responds and you, deeper and deeper in love you get. And Jesus says, if you've ever been the one, just recognize that he lays it on, verse 5, he lays the sheep on his shoulders rejoicing. Who's rejoicing? The Lord is. The shepherd is. That, that kind of changes your mentality if you think he's stern and solemn all the time. No, he, he's celebrating the fact that he found you. 
Now, he knew where you were, all, were at all the time, but, but he, he needed you to know where you were. And when you turn to him, he's celebrating. Verse 6, and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me. Celebrate with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. There's going to be joy in heaven. If there's joy in heaven when somebody gets saved, should there be joy on earth? Let's look at the next one, verse 8. Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, Sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, what? Rejoice. Celebrate with me. Have you ever done that? You, you, I need y'all to pray for me. I, I, can't find my, I can't find my keys. My wife does it all the time. I can't, find, I can't find my stuff. I do this all the time. I can't find my sunglasses. I can't, this week, I don't remember how many things I lost. I can't find it. And, and uh, I couldn't find my sunglasses. She's like, well, you were turkey hunting in South Texas last week. Did you leave the sunglasses in your hunting gear? I did. I went and found my sunglasses. You know what I did not do? I did not call all y'all up and say, hey, I found my sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, if I would have, you would have thought, he must have really liked those sunglasses. <laughs> he must have been really happy about finding. Here's what the woman who found the coin, she calls up all of her friends in verse 9, it says, neighbors, friends and neighbors. Notice that's what it said in the first one, friends and neighbors. And the second one, friends and neighbors. I found the peace which I lost. Verse 10, likewise I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. In other words, heaven breaks out in celebration when somebody gets saved. Amen. In the next service, we're going to baptize again. We baptize every week. It's amazing. Now, I guess we, we started off this year a little slow. In January, we baptized one. February, we started getting it together. We baptized twice as many, two. So <laughs> February, <laughs> February, we baptized two. In March, we baptized six. And then in April, we have so far baptized 12. I think we're baptizing two in the next service, and we got six more ready. <laughs> Amen. Y'all know what y'all are doing? You're celebrating which is what we're supposed to do when somebody gets saved or when somebody who was wandering has come back in, we're supposed to celebrate. It's scripture. We are supposed to celebrate. And you know who you're joining with you when you celebrate? You're joining with the angels of God in heaven. All of heaven breaks out in celebration. It'll be a celebration. Now, I know you've heard the parable of the prodigal son. Did you know that it fit right in with these other two parables? Jesus, when he had this complaint by the religious mafia, comes along and gives them three parables. And maybe you're starting to pick up on a pattern. Maybe you're starting to see a theme here. When one, that sheep was lost, was found, what was the response? Friends and family, friends and neighbors, it's time to celebrate. When the coin was lost and it was found, friends and neighbors, it's time to celebrate. And now we have the prodigal son, the one who, uh, of the two brothers, let's just kind of lay down the foundation. I'm going to read it all. It's the long one. And it's long for a reason. Jesus was responding to these Pharisees. 
He said, there was this father and he had two sons and the two sons said, uh, share, just go ahead and share with us the inheritance. Just go ahead and give it to us now. Now you need to understand in the culture of their day, when there's two sons, all of the possessions are divided three ways. And the older son gets two portions and the younger son gets one portion. So the older son's already received twice as much. The younger son takes what he did get and he goes out and he parties and he squanders it and he blows it. And when he finds himself in a pickle, he hires himself out to a pig farmer, which is the lowest thing you could do as a Jewish boy. But then he got so down that he, he started even hungering for pig slop. You got to be real hungry to be hungry for pig slop. And then in verse 17, it says he came to himself. When he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? I will, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he arose, he starts heading for his daddy. And when his daddy sees him a long way off, his daddy jumps off the porch, goes running to him, snatches him up in a big old hug. The word compassion is used. The father falls on his neck and loves on him. And then he calls for a party. Isn't that what this boy went away doing? <laughs> I just, that just dawned on me like right there. <laughs> Isn't that what he went away doing? Yes, but his party had poor results. Mm, you can go out there and try and look for the pleasures of the world, but the scriptures have already told us pleasures are in the presence of God. Amen. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Well, the boy went out and lost everything in his kind of partying, but he comes back to his daddy, and his daddy throws a party. I mean, party. Verse 21, the son said to him, Father, I'm no longer, I've sinned against heaven. Let's drop down to verse 22. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet, bring the fatted calf. We're going to have a barbecue and let us eat and be merry. Let us celebrate for this son this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Praise God. We ought to have a party anytime everybody gets saved. I mean, just throw down with some barbecue. It's biblical. It is biblical. It's eat and be merry. I like both of those things. I like being merry, and I like eating. So just give me a reason. Now, the older son. It's, it's the, this is the only time in which we break away from the pattern that Jesus was laying with his parables. We break away from the pattern. What's the pattern? Someone's lost, they're found, they're celebrated. Someone's lost, they're found, they're celebrated. The third one, someone's lost, they're found, they're celebrated. But then there's that older brother. Let's look at verse 25, now his older brother, older son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house. He heard music. They done struck up a band and dancing. Absolutely. They were dancing. There's dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But look at this response, verse 28. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. 
I want to tell you what's going on here. This older brother who has received a double portion, who, who is the father's son, does not see himself as a son. He sees himself as a slave. He's a spirit of, of slaveship. He, he, he's, lost, he's missed it that he's a son. He thinks he's a slave. He says, you hadn't even given me a goat. No, actually he's given you everything. Child of God, you know he's given you everything. He's given, Ephesians chapter 1, it says, I, Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus, says, I pray that you understand that you have everything in Christ Jesus. All the spiritual treasures, all the, the spiritual gifts, all, everything. And look what the father says, verse 31. And he said to him, son, you're always with me and all that I have is yours. And he was stating a fact. Remember, took all of the possession, divided it three ways. Two portions of the possession went to the oldest son. One went to the youngest son. The youngest son lost his. And now the father is actually using the older sons. But now you know why he's mad. Now, you're giving him my stuff. Well, that only that is only true in the earthly story. It's not true in the heavenly story. Why? Because there's no limit to God's resources. So why in the world are the Pharisees saying, you're giving God's good stuff to trashy people? You see what Jesus is pulling out? He, he, he set them up. He set them up. He sets this pattern. The lost are found and we rejoice. The lost are found and we rejoice. The lost are found and we rejoice except for you. Why aren't you rejoicing? Do you not realize your God, your God and Father has called you into sonship and you have a slave mentality? Child of God, I pray that that's not us. That you recognize you are his child and he loves his children and he gives good gifts to his kids. Amen. He gives good gifts to his kids. And so I want you to look at verse 32. It was right that we should make merry. The reverse is also true. It's not right that we don't celebrate when someone gets saved. When someone who has wandered away from the Lord has come back. It's not right to not celebrate that. Let's read it again, verse 32. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Man, I get excited when we talk about joy. It's, I love talking about joy. But I've seen so many Christians who seem to have lost their joy. And then the question comes, did they ever even have it to start with? Did they ever even have it to start with? Joy is a fruit of the Spirit, and the fruit comes naturally to those who are connected to the vine. John 15, he says, abide in my love. I'm going to come back to that in just a second. A few years ago, it was my first uh, attempt at, at backpacking since the military. And I'm going to go hike across David Crockett National Forest. I'm going to spend five days down there in the woods and and I'm just going to go have a time to myself and just me, myself, and I. That's, what I, that's, the, that's, the, that's who was going, just us. And, uh, and I packed my bag, and I packed this backpack, old cheap backpack, old, old cheap gear that I had. And uh, five days, all right. So I, I had some, a, a box of MREs. Anybody know what an MRE is? In the Army, it's called Meal Ready to Eat. We called them brown bag specials and because uh, they were in a brown bag. If you know that about the brown bag then you know the generation that I was in in the army because they hadn't been brown for years in that bag it's it's about yay big around about that big 
and I don't know how much it weighs. Well, I said, I'm going to be gone five days. I'm going to put five MREs in my backpack. Well, that's pretty heavy in itself. I had a hatchet. I had a 38 special. I had, I don't know what all kind of gear I had. I put that pack on. I'm like, my goodness. <laughs> it was heavy. It was, I actually was hiking that trail, and some guys come along, and they're like, what have you got in that pack? They were hikers, and, and they, they picked it up, and they're like, dude, pick this up. <laughs> I'm like, I know, I'm stupid. <laughs> but then, not only was I carrying too much, I was carrying the wrong things. When I first stopped for my first meal, and I, and I cut open that MRE, and I opened up the patch, pouch of food, it was powdered. It was so old, it turned to powder. Like now here I am, five days in the woods, I ain't got no food. I'm carrying this heavy garbage around and I can't eat it. Carrying the wrong things. By the way, a five-day trip, uh, it was just going to be so sweet. I just knew it was going to be so awesome. I had a little flip phone with me on my trip. Three days in, come get me. Come get me. Uh, I have lost my joy. <laughs> come, come pick me up. I was doing it by myself was the third problem. I was carrying too much stuff. I was carrying the wrong stuff. And I was going by myself. I want you to look with me at 1 John. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 4. John, he is the one who wrote the gospel according to John. He's the one who wrote the book of Revelation. And he writes these, we're calling, we call them epistles. They are letters, letters to the church. He writes 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. All, uh, this is a crazy thing how this works out. In chapter 1, verse 4 of all three, it talks about joy. 1 John 1, 4. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. 2 John 1, 4 says, I rejoice greatly that I found some of your children walking in truth. Third John 1, 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. I'm going to go back to first John. He says, I'm telling you some things. I write these things to you that your joy may be full. Now, the whole letter is really what he's telling them so that they would be full of joy. But I'm just going to focus on one verse because it kind of sums it all up. Verse 7. I do need to back up to verse 6 to set up verse 7. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If you're saying that you're walking with God, but you got darkness all over your life, your, your, your actions, your attitude, all of these things, it's just dark, dark, dark. You're not telling the truth. You're not walking with God. You can't walk in light and still be dark. That's what he's saying. Verse uh, uh, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Three things happen. We walk in the light, we become light. We have fellowship, so I, I got a, 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 a vertical relationship with God. I'm walking in the light of his truth. I have fellowship with fellow Christians. And then the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me of all sins. 
You see the progression there. And so as I was walking in that, with that backpack weighing me down, I was taking too much stuff. Christian, if you are losing your joy, maybe it is that you have fallen into checklist Christianity and you're carrying too much stuff. You've been carrying the traditions of men. You've been carrying religion. You've been carrying all kinds of man-made principles and rules, and you didn't get them from this. You're carrying too much stuff. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. My load is easy, and my burden is light. So if you're burdened down in this world, let me ask you, what are you carrying what are you carrying? What, I'm going to be like the, the guys on the trail. What have you got in that bag? <laughs> you, you need to get rid of some stuff. Later on when I learned how to pack and I, I was hiking, we, we had some church members. We were doing a hike and it was a long hike. And uh, we had a gal in our group and, 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 and she was, she was, we were a mile in on like a 22 mile hike. And she was struggling I said, sister, what you got in that bag? Well, she had the wrong shoes on. She bought brand new shoes. I said, oh, she's already getting one mile. Started getting blisters on her feet. And she's just heavy. What you got in that bag? Oh, you know, just some things I thought I might need. Here's my, my rule for packing. If you think you might need it, you don't. <laughs> you, if you think, ladies, when you're going on the trip, husbands, I'm giving you ammunition right here, okay? You can say, Brother Eric said, if you think you might need it, you don't. If you think it's a possibility, there is a chance that I could possibly use. <laughs> this gal had, I got to be careful because her family's in this church right now. She had <laughs> a package of wet wipes that had to weigh five pounds. <laughs> I said, can I help you with your bag? And, and so we just take her backpack and I start, I, I let her pull stuff out. I'm like, what do you got that for? What do you got that for? Why are you carrying this? Well, I thought I might need it. Child of God, are you carrying stuff around because you think you might need it? Maybe you got some old bitterness that you think you might need to come back to that and rehearse that hurt over and over and over again. I'm going to tell you, it's going to weigh you down. It's going to suck your joy out. It, it's going to, it's, it's a burden you weren't meant to carry had the wrong stuff. I didn't have the food that would actually nourish me. I had food that was actually, I was toting around garbage. And then here's a problem. There's rules when it comes to packing. You pack it in, you pack it out. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I emptied them little bags out. It's, them animals can eat that junk. <laughs> let, let me just help you know, with, with God, he will remove your garbage if you let him have it. You have to let him have it. There's so many that will come down and they, they, they've been weighing down and they come to the altar and they lay their burdens down, but when they get back up, they take them back with them. No, you got to let him have it. You're taking the too much stuff when you're taking the wrong stuff. And then guess what? The third point was, you don't have to do this by yourself. You're not meant to walk this alone. You're not meant to do this journey alone. We were meant to do this together, church. Amen. God has gifted you with one of his greatest graces. He has gifted you with Jesus with skin on. Some brothers and sisters who can come alongside you and say, hey, you're carrying too much stuff. You weren't meant to carry that. Let me carry some of the things that you can't quite carry for a season, but when you get strong enough, you'll be able to carry it. But I'm going to help you out for a season. You weren't meant to do it alone. He says, in that passage of 1 John again, 
If we walk in the light, I want you to pick up this theme of walking in this journey. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. Second John chapter one, verse four. I rejoice greatly that I've found some of your children walking in truth. Now John is, is uh, if we look at verse one, it tells us who he's telling this to. The elder to the elect lady and her children whom I love in truth. And not only I, but also all those who have known the truth. Apparently there's this woman, she has a church happening in her house. She has spiritual children, possibly physical children, but we know this, there are spiritual children, because this is the terminology used, and whether she be the pastor, whatever it is that, that, but he's writing a letter to a woman and he says to this, verse four, I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth. John says, I've, I've come across some of your spiritual offspring and they're walking in truth. And then third John one, four, he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. Amen. Now I got two boys and, and uh, I'm so thankful that they are saved and they're walking with, in truth. One was over here playing the guitar a little bit ago and, and uh, who knows where the other one's at right now, but uh, uh, he'll be here in the third service. And I, I, it, re, it just rejoices my heart. I celebrate because my sons know the Lord. And even more so that they're walking in the truth that they stepped into when they came into salvation. And they're serving the Lord. And I rejoice with that. But it goes beyond that. It's talking about spiritual offspring. It's talking about spiritual offspring. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. And I said, I've been doing this so long that I'm baptizing the children of the children that I used to minister to. I'm in third generation, uh, second generation now. Y'all are clapping because I'm old. <laughs> uh, that's funny. All right, so, but uh, you know, here's my intention. I'm going to do it long enough to I'm baptizing third generation. Amen. <laughs> that's going to be good. So, here's what John says. He says, man, I am celebrating that one, the, the journey you started on, you continue in. When I get to see change happen in people's lives that I, I might have had a little part in, man, it just makes everything worthwhile. It, it makes all the, 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 the difficult phone calls and the, and, and, and the, the, the hard counseling sessions, and it makes the late nights and the early mornings. It, when I find that somebody's life has actually been transformed, man, it just brings joy to my life. Here's what John says. When I find that somebody that I ministered to, this elect lady, she was transformed, but now she is leading people in the ways of the Lord. He says, I have, I'm full of joy over that. When I hear that people that I got to lead to the Lord are now leading people to the Lord and discipling people, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is what Jesus called us to do, making generational differences. Amen. And if you hadn't got in on this work of the Lord and co-operating with him and co-mission with him to lead the lost to Christ, to help the hurting, to rescue the perishing, if you hadn't got in on this thing, you're missing out on some real joy. 
You're missing out on some real joy. It, it's the most joyful thing I can do. In fact, I, my buddy uh, Terry Payne down there in Kingfisher, up there in Kingfisher, Oklahoma, texted me this morning. And he, he, he was just moved by God. He said, very challenged this morning to prepare my heart in such a way that my confidence is rooted in him and not my abilities. As I speak today, so the faith of those hearing will rest in the power of God, not in the clever works of man. And he just, he's all fired up and he, and he finishes the text, blessings to my bearded Texas brother. <laughs> and, I, and, and, and he got me all fired up and I, I text back to him, blessings to you, brother. Thank you for this. Can you believe that we get to do what we get to do? He has called us to the greatest work on the planet, unfolding the deep mysteries of God and uncovering the glorious treasures that are found in him. I love you, my friend. I pray that you have an amazing day. And then he says, now that's a good word right there. So preach. When, when you make a preacher get happy, that's, that's fun. Unfolding the deep mysteries and uncovering the glorious treasures that are in him. And then he finally, finally finishes out with boom, boom. Can you believe that y'all get to do what you get to do? Co-mission with Christ unfolding the deep mysteries of God and, and, and exposing the great treasures that are for them. The Bible talks about a man who was walking in a field and he found a treasure in a field and he goes back and sells everything he owns to buy that field. And then he rejoices when he was able to buy it and he says, that's what salvation is like. I give everything else away in order to get this treasure, which is salvation. And you get to help people treasure hunt. And that's where fullness of joy, fullness of joy is fellowshipping with the Lord and partnershiping with the Lord. And I pray that your joy is full. And if not, if you came in this morning weighed down, can you just uh, consider the fact you're carrying things God did not plan on you carrying. Isaiah 56, 7, I just want to just point out some things real quick. And, I, and Isaiah, he was referring to the Messiah coming. And he said, there will be joy in the house of the Lord. Amen. He said, when the Messiah comes, there will be joy in the house of the Lord. That's what we started off with that song this morning. There's joy in the house of the Lord. And then Psalm 100 says this, make a joyful shout to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Every now and then we get some folk up in here that just be crazy on fire for Jesus. And they might shout every now and then. Amen, Robert. And so <laughs> we, we have some shouting going on in the place. And you know what? It's absolutely biblical. If it weirds you out when you come in the house and people are shouting, just think, you're unbiblical. They are. <laughs> and so, so, so cut the unbiblical cord and get back into the Word of God. <laughs> it is right that we celebrate. It is right that we rejoice. Child of God, you should be the happiest people on the planet. And you will be if you... Stay connected to the vine. And you start in that fellowship with him and that fruitfulness that comes from him, your joy will be full. Amen. We want to take communion together and remind ourselves where fruitfulness comes from. Remind ourselves where joy comes from. In his presence is fullness of joy and, his, and, and great pleasures at his right hand forevermore. Lord Jesus, we thank you. You are the good shepherd who came looking for us.
And then you celebrated when you found us. We too celebrate our great salvation. And we thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, not only did you come looking for us, you died for us. You shed your blood. You gave your life that we might have life. Thank you, Lord. We love you too. In Jesus' name, amen.